0: Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHK as I'm known, and I have two films this week from directors who are both known for their very distinct styles. It'll be interesting to see how these latest entries into their filmographies compared to their greater bodies of work. First up is Last Night in Soho, which is from Edgar Wright, and then it's The French Dispatch from Wes Anderson. First up is Last Night in Soho. This is Edgar Wright's latest film, and I would consider myself a pretty big Edgar Wright fan. I know there are people out there who almost have a cultish obsession with him, and I'll talk about directors with cultish obsessions with the next film as well, but big Edgar Wright fan. I actually really, really, really love his film, The Sparks Brothers, which came out earlier this year. It's a documentary about the band Sparks. I definitely, without question, recommend checking that out. However, Last Night in Soho, is not my cup of tea. And I don't know if it's because the genre it's playing into is more sort of a a horror thriller vibe. There's clearly a lot of passion and workmanship that goes into it. You can tell that, you know, it has his trademark integration of music into all of that. And if you've seen anything like Baby Driver or even Scott Pilgrim, you can, you just, you feel his love of music. I actually had the opportunity to talk to him once about his process on it and The man thinks about things, and you can tell he loves the 60s London. Like, it's a love letter to that era, to that time. There's so much detail in recreating that. It stars Anya Taylor-Joy, who clearly can do a period piece like no other. She's just got that sort of not-from-modern-day vibe, as demonstrated from The Queen's Gambit. It also stars Thomason McKenzie, who was spectacular in Jojo Rabbit. It's got Matt Smith from Doctor Who, Terrence Stamp, Dame Diana Rigg. I won't go too much into the plot because I don't want to spoil anything, but the premise is it revolves around a modern-day fashion student played by Thomason McKenzie, who is just somehow mysteriously able to transport herself back to 1960s London, where she encounters Anya Taylor-Joy's character Sandy, who's a young gorgeous woman who wants to be a singer and is trying to make it in London. But there's just something about this film that didn't quite mesh for me. It felt almost tedious to watch at times, and I don't know if it's because he got caught up in the details of the setting and the ambiance and all that stuff, and maybe just didn't quite pay as much attention to the plot as he could have. And I mean the plot is fine, it just doesn't feel like anything to write home about. I think the pacing also was a challenge for me. It felt too even in some points, and by the time that we get to sort of the big thing that's gonna happen, I I was almost lulled into a sense of... I'd- Boredom is not quite the right word, but I clearly was not immersed as much in this world as an audience member as Edgar Wright was immersed in the making of it. I think plenty of people are going to have a good time watching this. I think hardcore Edgar Wright fans are going to be fine with it. It's not, I think the other thing for me is that it is completely lacking in humor. It's a very serious and self-serious film, and I do think having a tiny bit of levity to offset the seriousness of it might have helped him out. And you can see, he's great at doing comedy. He's demonstrated that before, even even if it's not meant to be like, ha ha, yuck, yuck comedy there's just I don't know it's just it felt like a downer as well and also just I, I know that this is a film that centers around female characters but he is not the best at writing female characters and so I think that weakness in that area that needs work is on display here because it is highlighted through the fact that it's a I mean it's multiple female characters right it's I just, I don't know if my expectations were overbuilt because this is one of those films that got delayed because of the pandemic or because it's an Edgar Wright film or whatever it may be, but it wasn't for me. But if you love that period, I think you'll appreciate the attention to detail. If you are more inclined to see horror E type thriller movies, then again, this might be more up your alley. But for me personally, I'm only going to give it three out of five. I'm going to take a quick break and be right back. And I'm back. And then the other film I have this week is The French Dispatch, and that is from director Wes Anderson, another director who is known for his distinct style. And yes, his style is definitely all over The French Dispatch. I would almost say too much so... You know, there's this weird thing where you want a director and all their projects to have that component that makes you love them from the start, but at a certain point, it almost starts to feel almost cookie cutter esque in terms of the way that they put their things together. French Dispatch is a little bit different from some of Wes Anderson's other films, or I mean, there's plenty of that are told in this sort of broken up chapter way, but it's actually three separate stories that are told. And so they're not, there's not necessarily like, I mean, there is an overarching plot, but it's very thin. It's all very thinly tied together by the fact that you know everyone involved in it is somehow connected to this newspaper in France it has a cavalcade of Wes Anderson regulars and some people who are newer to his work and some people who are becoming regulars you know it's got Tilda Swinton Benicio Del Toro Adrian Brody Owen Wilson Bill Murray Angelica Houston Jason Schwartzman Ed Norton Christoph Waltz and then you've got like a Timothy Chalamet Francis McDormand Stephen Park Jeffrey Wright Saoirse Ronan Elizabeth Moss but I feel like with this one as well it is a lot of style over substance and again if you're a super huge Wes Anderson fan, you will probably enjoy this for what it is, but I don't know if it was necessarily a feature. I think I, could, I would have probably also been fine as three 30-minute shorts. I also didn't feel anything for any of the characters during it, which is not a good thing. I think because of these huge ensemble casts and because such little time is granted to each of them and because there isn't an overarching thing for us to connect to all of them through, you know, they're very loosely tied to this newspaper. Like they don't, you know, half the cast doesn't even interact with each other. So I think that lack of grounding and anchoring really makes this actually one of his weaker films. And, uh, you know, again, production design, yes, it's great. There's a lot of the stylistic elements that make a Wes Anderson film a Wes Anderson film. We've got, you know, this sort of like traveling thing where we see the cross section of a, a, a transit. We've got some animation in there. We've got the sort of pacing and pitter patter. But I just, it wasn't for me. It's like someone has made a knockoff copy of a Wes Anderson film and the director just happens to be Wes Anderson himself. I think the last time this most distinctly happened for me was like, ready player one and Steven Spielberg where because all of the source material in that was so inspired by Steven Spielberg and then it you it felt like they could have hired anyone to make it and they would have made it as well because it was already so much of an homage to the filmmaker this feels like it's in the same vein except for the fact that Wes Anderson also wrote it and it's just so involved but you know Wes Anderson is someone who I really like a lot of his work but I'm also just kind of starting to grow tired of I also think his films are super white like they're really really white and I actually I had the chance to talk to Stephen Park who's one of the few people of color in it and realizing that He's the first Asian actor in one of Wes Anderson's films who is, you know, a human actor on screen and his character has a name and has a dialogue and Wes Anderson has been working for how long? Like that's really disappointing to me. We've also got like Jeffrey Wright in it. It feels like this sort of fantasy world that Wes Anderson is living in is becoming more and more disconnected from reality and I think there are ways to be more relevant without having to compromise on style but I, because, because nobody is forcing him to do that, his work doesn't feel like it continues to evolve. So I'm also going to give this a 3 out of That has been it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. You can also listen to my interview with Stephen Park from the French Dispatch. That's the episode before this one. And if you enjoy this episode, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.